Hey, Kayla. Hey, David. Who's your favorite Doki Doki Literature Club waifu? Um, it's between Sayori and Yuri, I want to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, why? I would... <laughs> well, um, I liked Sayori's, uh, cheerfulness despite, um, when bad things happen, but Yuri has similar interests like I do, like reading and drinking tea and stuff like that. And enjoying horror novels? Exactly. Right. Well, I mean, I think those are good choices. A, a few people might wonder what's um what we're talking about and if you don't know what we're talking about you've probably been under uh, five tons of internet rocks like you were literally <laughs> caught this was like <laughs> you're james franco in <laughs> that one movie and your arm is stuck Aww. by a rock called not knowing what doki doki literature club is um well let's get a saw and remove that arm so you can actually figure out what we're talking that about that might help Oh, but I should or probably it, answer. I should, it was his leg. It was his leg. Not I, his there was his leg. I thought it was his arm or his hand or I something. I can't remember. I didn't see. I, that. Either way, I, it wasn't permanent because James Franco is playing Tommy Wiseau and he has both his his hands. True. Unless, of course, he's got a clever facsimile, like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> there's, a, there, there's another movie that came out recently. A movie that had Luke Skywalker in it. And <laughs> I'm all over the place. I feel like I'm almost wanting to avoid what we're reading because it's a no sleep story. Oh God. Well, but here's the thing. It's written by someone. Well, okay, before we get into it, uh, let's start with the fact, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club has an important kind of role in this story we're reading. If you don't know it, again, if you don't know what Doki Doki Literature Club is, uh, first of all, first stop asking, hey, where are Brandon and Alan? Because I don't know where they are. Uh, I, I don't. I think they, they, they died or something. Well, I know Brandon's been sick still. Yeah, he's still getting, he's still recovering. I think he's on the, he's on the mend, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And actually, Alan, last time I saw Alan, he was sitting in a bathtub reading Kazam. So. He might be still having a hangover from that. I wouldn't be surprised. It was a good time though, and if you missed it, you missed out. It was great. Uh, but. Kayla and I have been playing Doki Doki Literature Club, and it's a visual novel kind of thing, and we won't give anything away because it's fun, but, um, the, the, I mean, suffice to say, it's, it's more surprising than you'd think, and I think our particular listenership will appreciate what the game has to offer. Of course, if you know what it is, you're probably screaming, you know what's up, and I just want to say, I wanted to answer my own question, I know who my waifu is. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. No, I do. Just Monica. <laughs> Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Uh, okay, I'll explain uh, Doki Doki Literature Club than you did. First off, it is a computer game, and it's actually free on Steam. So uh, if you guys have a computer and you want to try playing this, I would completely recommend it. It From the surface, it's a um, visual novel about... Um, uh, you as a character joining a literature club, and there's four gorgeous girls. And seems like a normal romance novel, but it gets a bit... It, it does a huge switch. I don't want to go more than that, but you can... It gets pretty heavy. It does get like pretty... Like, heavier than most visual novels will get, and it, that's saying something. Let's just say when you get into the story, um, or even when you open up the game, it says... Warning, do not play if um, 
you have issues with depression or anxiety, it's like, oh, this is something else. Oh, yes. So I completely recommend it. It is a fantastic game. And, I mean, I mean, if you do have depression or any mental issues, if you're able to watch uh, things of that manner, I would still recommend it. I mean, I do have depression, and I was able to handle it just fine. So you have depression, but you're always so sunny and happy and always thinking about others. Oh, geez. Sayori. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I can cut that bit out. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I love you. I love you, too. (laughs) But um, the reason we are why actually, why are we reading this story, though? Well, funny enough. um, And Gracie, do you want to help us read? I can hear her in the background going... She's very desperately trying to get our attention. What's up, hon? What's up, small dog? You want to read, too? Well, she's, like, on top of our chairs right now, and she's, like, pawing us, like, love me. Why don't you love me? Because we have podcasts to do, and dogs can't do podcasts. Actually, dogs can totally do podcasts. I just don't know what they would say. (laughs) Funny enough, there's been jokes, like, um, for... The artistry people have said, you know, you should just interview Gracie for an April Fool's episode. What? Gracie doesn't even have a job. Like, what <laughs> professional capacity could she even talk about with the show? Just being adorable. How basically she... Man, fuck that. I want to be paid to be adorable, but you don't <laughs> see that happening to me. <laughs> oh, my. I would say, like, I'm being paid to be adorable just because... I'm dating you, and then there's moments you're like, yeah, I'll feed you because you're adorable. And it's the same with Gracie. Yeah, I'll feed you because you're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. uh, but so, yeah, sorry, this story. Um, with this story, uh, so the game actually has a few Easter eggs, or quite a f- bunch of Easter eggs. And funny enough, one of the Easter eggs includes a strange story in the game. Like, it's hidden in the game. And it turns out that the creator, Dan Salvato, wrote a creepypasta, or rather a no-sleep story, and put it into the Doki Doki Literature Club. So it's like an Easter egg, it's in the game's code somewhere. Yeah. Okay. And the fantastic part about it is that um, it has nothing to do with the game, by the way. This story has nothing to do with the game. Well, that—that's why we're trying not to reveal hey, anything. Hey, hey, I would argue—I would argue that it has, it has everything to do with the game. You know, <laughs> like it's, you know, it's just like I'm always saying, everything, everything has to do with with the purple guy. Is 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 no sleep actually funding Doki Doki Literature Club? Probably not. Who cares? Fuck, Fuck you, you, game, game theory. theory. Um, we had to do that because we, again, Dead Palette's not here to be our resident Matt Pat. But anyway, um, so we figured, so after you brought this up to me, I thought, hey, for anybody who's listened to that, maybe we should see if Dan Salvato wrote a good story. <laughs> he went, He wrote one hell of a video game, so. That's true, but let's see about this story. The story is titled, I'm already going to knock points off. I found a small box hidden in a mall that contains the recollections of a 19-year-old girl who decided to kill someone just to see what it's like. Well, that was a really short story. Um, (laughs) So I guess we can leave now. That is the most (coughs) typical no-sleep title I've 
well, ever read. Some no sleep titles are at least leave a little bit to the imagination. This one is just straight up. Oh, by the way, so this story is going to be about a girl who kills someone for a really weird reason. And I'm just like, ah, this clickbait bullshit. I mean, just, uh, just no sleep needs to get out of this habit. So uh, this was two years ago. So I don't know if it could be forgiven, but come on, please. I don't know how this stood out from the rest of the the pack based on the title. You can't judge a story by its title. Hey, I used to play a game. Where I would go to bookstores and I would literally judge fantasy novels by their covers. <laughs> oh literally God. judge fantasy novels by the covers. By the way, uh, the uh, Bane, the company Bane that does the... You, you guys need better fantasy novel coverists because all your fantasy novel covers look the same. Sci-fi ones too. They're just oh. very generic looking and not fun. Oh, you just lost all your Bane fans. I'm about to get them back. Oh, no, I just lost them more because I did the wrong Bane voice. <laughs> oh, and that's also the wrong Bane entirely. Anyway, let's fucking get to the story, I guess. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Now, at the top, there's a couple of weird links here. There's an original image album and an original transcription. I'm going to open the original image album. Uh, oh, it's oh, a... There's it, the box. It's a picture of a box. Uh, it has a heart on it. It's cute. Yeah, it's it's a tip. It's just a typical wooden box. It's on Imgur, and it says, "So this is a box where a box I found that was hidden in a mall for presumably six months by now. Aside from the lash, there was there were rubber bands keeping the box shut. Inside the box is a bundle of tightly folded pieces of paper. It is a story slash recollection written by a nineteen year old girl who has apparently killed a random person just because she was wondering what it would be like. According to the paper, she wrote this just a few hours after the murder, and that I am the first person to read it." I transcribed the entire story here. And then we have... We have actually pictures of the box being open. And it's all... Actually, the story's all handwritten on uh, paper. They actually show pictures of it. It's pretty damn cool. Credit to... Or credit's due for the extra mile network. Five pages front to back. It goes into more detail than I would have preferred. And we could we could honestly read it just from... uh, Just from the pages a little bit. Except we can't. So, because <laughs> I thought there were more pictures, but we only see the front page in really in real detail. I I, de- <laughs> I I definitely like the fact that they went the extra mile and did that. I'm pretty sure Dan Salvato, knowing what he did with Doki Doki Literature Club, is not is used to going the extra mile. So, despite its glaringly no sleep title, I already like that there's the images associated with it. So that's kind of cool. I would suggest using one of those images as the. Uh, but uh, cover. But what about Monica? <laughs> what about my waifu? What about my beautiful, tall, green-eyed waifu? She's important. Maybe there's a way you can add that to the image of the box. Maybe, maybe. But I, but I know. No I just feel like I just feel like she'd be upset if I didn't use her <laughs> I just got this weird feeling. Anyway. Uh, since I read that whole bit, do you want to take the opening paragraph here? Yeah, sure. As mentioned, I recently found this box and have anxiously shared its contents online over the past couple days. According to the paper, she wrote this just a few hours after the murder and that I am the first person to read it. See links above links for details. Several people suggested that I post the story here and I'm happy to oblige. Below is the full transcription. You know, okay, I kind of like that it, that's... A good way to begin it, because one, I mean, <coughs> it gives the, like, credibility, like, I found something weird. Uh-huh. And 
um, I've been passing around. Somebody basically suggested, put it on a no-sleep Reddit. Well, yeah, the whole idea, and this is still playing off the idea, which I don't know if it was tired out as tired out two years ago, that everything posted on no-sleep is, so if you're supposed to say it's potentially true. And I think this is better than being like, I'm sitting at my laptop while something is trying to beat down my door. Let me tell you my complicated backstory of how I accidentally uh, drew the ire of a... I don't know, Baku. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it wants to eat my dream. <laughs> but not only that, it's like, this isn't like a, hey, this is just a weird, I mean, it's not like a, oh, I think it's real. It's more like, hey, I found this weird thing and figured, shit, I should probably post this. What the fuck happened sort of thing. So um, let's see how, if the story feels realistic or not. All right, let's, let's go into it. If you found this note in a small wooden box with a heart on it, then congratulations! You were probably the first person to read this. Well, he wasn't kidding. He's like, no, she really does say I'm the first person to read this. <laughs> I didn't really plan on sharing this with anybody, but for some reason I think it's exciting that somebody out there, a complete stranger, will come across this note and read my story. Someone I will never meet, sharing such a personal bond with me. I'm fascinated that either of us could, either one of us could die, even as soon as tomorrow, with the other being completely clueless to the fact. To you, my entire life is within this note, and so I will live for as long as your memory can carry me. Writing this, I'm wondering if that makes you feel fascinated or violated. It's so exciting. Oh man, I'm already getting getting some vibes. What type of vibes? Um, I'm getting some some vibes that I got from the of the writing style of Doki Doki Literature. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was just gonna say, but okay. Uh, Doki Doki aside. Um, it's it, actually psychological horror, you guys. It actually turns into psychological horror. You better bleep that out. I could, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get greedy. And turn it into, it's like, this was going to be a spoiler-free zone. You're the one who told me, yeah, you're the one who told me that we should play this game, you should play it in the first place because it turns into a psychological horror game. Okay, that's true. And even then, okay, even then, you don't you don't see what's coming. There's still a lot of like holy shit moments that even. Oh yeah, yeah. The bless I said that's all I'm going to say about it. Literally, yeah. it, it starts out as a visual novel and then turns into a psychological horror, which to me is like, how the hell does it do that? Play the game, people. Yeah, play the game. Yeah, it's. It's brilliant. First of all, I do want to check real quick. How long is this? They said five pages, front to back, handwritten. Oh, that we can we can handle this. Oh yeah, we this, can handle this, this in is, one sitting. This I, is not very long. I've actually read this already. How dare you? Well, at no, the, I'm just kidding. Well, when I read it, it was more like I was looking up stuff in Doki Doki, and I found this, and I'm reading. I'm like, this sounds like a creepy pasta, and then I looked it. I'm like, David. He put a creepy pasta in the game. Good for and you. And he wrote it. Good for you, Dan. <laughs> um, okay, uh, uh, let's keep going. Um, I'm sorry if my story is a bit disorganized, but I like to get it down while it's still fresh on my mind. First, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a first-year college girl and have left by most standards a pretty unspectacular life up to this point. My name's Laura. <laughs> my name is Laura. <laughs> and now... And now I don't know where I'm going. I'm just. I was flabbergasted. I was raffling. Hashtag, Hashtag raffle. raffle. Go ahead. This is what happens when. 
because uh, along with Doki Doki Literature Club, after playing it, now we're watching Game Grumps play it. And Just to see how they react to it. It's mm, <laughs> It's been good. Um, where was I? Uh, Unspectacular life up to this point. I grew up in an upper middle class school district with decent teachers. I did track in middle school and some of high school, and I've had two boyfriends. Now I'm studying for a career in occupational therapy because I feel the field is undervalued and provides tremendous help to people. Okay, um, I was hoping she was like an English major with this because I'm like, the way she writes is a bit too romantic or very... Maybe, but then again, she also writes like how you would imagine a 19-year-old girl in a visual novel would speak. Yeah, but that's why. Like, that's how you think, like, uh, that's a writing style. And then it's like, it's like, I feel this uh, major is undervalued and can help people. And you're like, well, I mean, but I, you I, I feel like that's, I feel like this to a degree, though, is still college level writing. I would, it could be, you look, just because you don't have an English major doesn't mean you can't write like an English major. But again... She's an she wants to be an occupational therapist, but she says, "I just decided." But we already know she's wanting to kill someone just for the fun of it. Why would someone who's like, "I want to help people, but I want to kill someone"? Well, that's what we got to find out. She maybe she's gonna gonna spill. You know, we'll we'll find out. She's had two boyfriends. Maybe they said, "Hey, you should kill someone and see what it feels like." (laughs) Turns out her two boyfriends were were uh, Jeff (laughs) and. and uh, Tiki Toby. <laughs> I was gonna. I was actually gonna say Laughing Jack, but I think you beat me <laughs> with that one. I'm giving you this background because there's this strange misconception that if you want to kill someone, then you're either sick in the head or you have anger management issues. But it's very apparent that I don't fall into either of those two categories. It's true that most murder cases are in domestic settings where someone loses control of their anger or something. But the thing is that those people kill under provocation, whether by a singular outburst or by a slow-burning series of misfortunes. Those people kill because of that brief mo- in that brief moment, they want a specific someone for a specific reason to be hurt or killed. What I'm talking about is wanting to kill someone for no specific reason, maybe just to see what it's like. Did you ever get that? I wanted to know how others feel because... It's not something I ever talked about, but I've been curious about what it's like to kill someone ever since I was a child. Not killing anyone in particular, just a random person. It's always just fascinated me that if I put my mind to it, I can approach anyone. And in five me- minutes, they would be completely gone from this earth. You know what's great is the person who is a sociopath and writes these things and says, like, now, I, I, I don't, it's very apparent I don't, I'm not sick in the head. <laughs> you know what this makes me think of? What's that? Uh, the Telltale Heart. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how he begins. He's <laughs> like, this is this is just this is just the the, the protagonist from a Telltale Heart as a nineteen year old girl. Yeah, basically saying, if you knew how I did this, you wouldn't think I was mad. Also, oh. I didn't hate the old man. It was just that fucking vulture eye. Ugh, God, I hated that thing. And you're just like, no, you're fucking insane. Same with this girl. It's like, no, you're gonna be you're you're pretty insane. Yep. Uh, but I've done so for a couple reasons. First of all... Oh, I've never done so. I've never done so for a couple reasons. First of all, for most of my life, it was logistically impossible for me to do it without getting caught. I only got my driver's license a couple years ago, and even then, the preparations would take too much time, definitely stirring suspicion. It was only once I started college that I realized I was no, this was no longer an obstacle. I took a college class on murdering people, and I got really fascinated with that. <laughs> and it was nice that there were no parents around to say, don't do this. No parents. <laughs> no parents. 
I'm so sorry. Oh, that was such a great episode. I kept laughing so hard. I'm glad. <laughs> Another reason that I was afraid of causing harm to too many people. You might laugh reading that at how hypocritical it sounds, but let me explain. Why should I feel bad about killing someone if they're too dead to care? What sh- who should I be feeling bad for? What? Okay. <laughs> contra- contra- <laughs> Those you leave behind, maybe? I know. <laughs> I oh, wait, 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 wait. No, she looks like she's trying to justify it. Yeah, contra- my question. Contra- contrarily, it's the grief of the living that I'd rather not be responsible for. Because of this, I knew it would take a good deal of research to finding a suitable person to kill, and I've never had the means to do so, again, until I started college. And now, having just experienced it, I'd say it was pretty satisfying in the end. Something I would try again? Probably not, since my curiosity has already been satisfied. It really wouldn't be the same a second time. Was it something I would try again? Probably not. Who cares? Fuck you, game theory. This is, the way it sounds, it's just like, yeah, I tried liver and onions. Would I try it again? It was okay. Would I try it again? Eh, not really. I tried liver with fava beans and a nice candy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your your podcast from now on is going to be voiced by both of us doing bad Hannibal Lecter impressions. And then no other Hannibal Lecter impressions was just going. So can you, Kayla, go, Kayla, Kayla, go ahead and read this next paragraph. Ready? But anyway, if by any chance you're also curious to kill someone, then you're welcome to take notes. Oh, I thought you were just going to read the paragraph like. <laughs> oh, that's very well said. Okay, I'll take the next one. <laughs> There's also this like smile, like emoji smiley face next to it. Is that? Uh, please tell me that's that's in the original notes too. Hold on, I'm gonna look at the first page of the original images. Oh, my I need God. to know if that's there. Oh, I God. need to know if that's there. There's a little oh. smiley face. Oh. oh no, no! Unfortunately, it's on a different page, so I don't know if there's actually a little smiley face Wait, there. On the- but there's like a heart at one point. She actually makes a heart. Oh my god! <laughs> what the shit? All right, there's a little page break here, and then we'll move on. Um, I started a hobby of people watching soon after I entered college. People watching is interesting to me because it's taking one of the infinite extras in your life and turning them into a main character. Without them knowing, of course. It's so easy to forget that every single one of the hundreds of strangers you pass every day has a life story as deep and complex as your own. One thing I noticed about people watching and wanting to kill someone is that you are in more constant awareness of this. When I find a person to observe, their story slowly becomes more clear to me over time. Gaps being filled. It's really amazing. It really is amazing. See, this person- you know, it really is amazing. <laughs> See, this person thinks like a writer. That's not... It's like... That's a writer thing to say. You're having a hard time accepting that this is, in fact, a 19-year-old girl? No, I accept it's a 19-year-old girl. I don't accept the fact that she's decided to major in occupational therapy and has no mention of her saying, you know, I like to write in my spare time. But she might. We haven't, she might not have mentioned that yet. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Maybe she, she's only talking a little bit about her life. What if she's on fanfiction.net all the time writing... You know, murder slash fix. I would love for that to be a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's actually pretty good at it, but she doesn't want to pursue it because maybe her... In my spare time, I write lemons. (laughs) Oh, my God. Between oh my be- god between Roxas and Sora and sometimes between Roxas, Sora and Axel. <laughs> and by the way, I really, really appreciate Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, really appreciate. 
Uh, For those of you who are like, what the fuck are they talking about? We're never going to answer that question. Eleven is a sexual story done in a fan fiction. What's even worse is the idea that you wrote Lemons, but they're somehow also involved murder. It's a sexual murder story. Like, that's even worse. But nobody questions it. It's like, eh, just another day in the Kingdom Hearts fan fiction. I see someone writing, like, doing five out of five. Wow, that was GR8, you know, as a review. So. I'm, you know, somewhere out there is either a podcast or a YouTube series that where they read uh, My Immortal. And... I mean, everyone and their mom has read My Immortal at this point, right? I know. I mean, when is J.K. Rowling going to allow that to be an expanded universe Jesus. story? Oh, especially my in, in between every ten minutes of the movie, it stop, it completely full stops, and um, and uh, oh my gosh, why can't I remember Ebony and e- e- Enobi? It's either Enobi or, or Ebony. Ebony or Enobi comes out and literally stands, looks at the camera and yells, Stop flaming my story, you preps! <laughs> Along with, Raven, you're awesome! Fangs! Fangs! Followed, followed by later on, Raven, we are no longer friends Raven, anymore. you're a bitch! You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> what the fuck? I want that to be the My Immortal movie. Just just that full stop. This is not My Immortal. This is actually good writing, but yeah, I kind of get where you're coming from. Oh god, no, this is definitely not My Immortal. I just like the idea that this 19-year-old girl writes stuff like My Immortal. <laughs> She, you know, this could also be just someone with a deep poetic soul who just re- realizes that it's that getting an English major is kind of useless and is therefore going for something more practical. Oh, hey, I got an English major. I know, I did too. That's why. And look what I'm doing. Nothing. Well, podcasting ain't nothing, but it also don't pay no bills. Please support my Patreon. I would really appreciate it, you guys. Your turn. It's your turn. Uh-huh. I'm going to go off to my shame corner now while you read this paragraph. Into the shame cube. Shame cube! Shape. Hold on. <laughs> Nintendo shame cube coming down. <laughs> Actually, there's this great... Um, uh, uh, there was this great Twitter post where um, Sade wrote, I have not kept up on um, UCA. I am now in the shame cube. Followed by Abysme saying, I understand. I have not caught up. And Sakura saying, me neither. And say drew a picture of all three of them in an actual shame cube. <laughs> <laughs> to which I was asked, like, I want to be... I was No, it was me, actually, who said, I want to be in the shame cube, too. And they were like, you, you can't be. You've, you've caught up. That's not fair. I'm dating the guy. <laughs> Kayla, I can't leave the shame corner until you read the paragraph. I usually went to grocery stores on weekends and looked around in people's shopping carts. If I saw something that interests me, I decided to observe the person for a little bit. Of course, since my goal was to find someone to kill, I ruled out anyone who had children or a partner with them. Wedding rings were another telltale sign. Oh, thank God I'm okay. (laughs) Wait, I no, I might be screwed because my, um, right now my engagement ring is being resized. Shit. <laughs> That's, uh, I, you know. But I can't. You know, some them darn antique wedding rings. Wedding bands. Wedding engagement rings. It's not a wedding ring. Oh, God. No, we're not We're not married yet. We're not. Not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Thank God. I started getting, 
You bastard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So maybe once so maybe once a weekend, I would find someone who fit my criteria, at which point I would follow them home and note their address. From there, it became incredibly easy to investigate a little bit more. Most people have normal work hours, meaning I could spend afternoons going through their mail or looking around their, in their house. I repeated this with several people and had one close call, but for varying reasons, I didn't usually feel satisfied enough with them to kill any of them. I really want to know. I do... I mean... It seems like she, like she feels this need to explain things to us, but I guess that's part of her waywardness in general. You know what this also sounds like? It's like someone exploring their sexuality, but not one. I'm well, as we've established, this person is murder sexual. Yes, <laughs> this is now. I, th- I, I am murder sexual. Well, I mean, most serial killers are murder sexual to a degree, right? Don't they, I mean that's how it works? Mur- serial killers get off on on killing people, right? Isn't that how it goes? Wow, I just now I got an envision of like basically an AA meeting of like all these people and they're like, Hi, I'm Todd, hi Todd, and I'm murder sexual. <laughs> Immediately everybody leaves the circle and runs. <laughs> well, I mean come I mean, come on. It's I mean, like you gotta you gotta imagine that when H. H. Holmes was like doing shit in his murder castle, he had a huge heart on. <laughs> oh my god. I mean Oh my! It's it's why you do it. It's thrilling, it's exciting. Not not to me. I find it deplorable. But if you're a serial killer, you do it because it it gets it it it, it it's it is sexual. Uh, although, you know, it's or at least gives you a high. Which is funny because like um, one of the things that a lot of my friends and I joke about is um, is it weird that we find serial killers to be fascinating and we like under like understanding their backstories and we want to know about their tragic backstories exactly it's like and it's like uh and then there's a joke it's like (laughs) when you're at a party and you can't think of anything to talk about so who's your favorite serial killer (laughs) (laughs) let's find i want to know who i want to know who our protag or i want to know who our 19 year old girl's favorite serial killer is oh god all right so we get we get we so she she's already done this she so, never felt satisfied so, enough yeah so so maybe one oh wait is it that, that was me just now okay so maybe once a week no 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 that was me oh you're the next paragraph oh I'm sorry that's all right that's all right yeah okay. this is this is very old school UCA remember when it was just the two of us and yeah. then those other schmucks came in yeah what happened I don't know we'll never let them break us up again never until I bring in other people to take over your show I mean what what. I started being getting a bit impatient and thought I might that I might just settle for killing the man named Devin, even though I didn't really want to kill someone wealthy. But then I came across someone new, someone who just felt perfect. The feeling only strengthened as I investigated her further and knew she would be the one for me to kill. Don't kill Devin. Devin's my favorite. I'm glad you didn't kill Devin. A young-looking woman I met at the grocery store, as per usual. She was doing some light shopping with a basket. Her hair was wavy and dark brown, sitting inelegantly on her slumped shoulders and surrounding her tired-looking face. Her bare fingers told me she might be single, but beyond that, my gut was almost certain of it. This woman just seemed so plain, really. I guess I felt a greater ac- acuity for the personal lives of strangers ever since I started my people watching. But the way she carried herself, I just got the feeling that if she suddenly died, nobody would be around to miss her. Of course, I still wanted to investigate her a bit. 
I wanted to. I walked around with a Sherlock Holmes hat and a uh, and a big <laughs> magnifying glass. I, it's funny how much I, I take my investigation work very seriously. Okay. Although people found it very odd that I would walk hunched over on the street trying to look for footprints with this <laughs> magnifying glass and a deerstalker cap. Well, here's the funny part: is that she said if I found someone like something in their grocery carts uh, interesting, I figured I'd follow them. I wonder what item this woman had in her grocery cart that she's like, ooh. Interesting. Do you think she wants to murder someone who plays the $20 game? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This is just... No, here's what the reason she really decided to kill her. Wait. He bought the... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a really shitty food that you're like, really? You're going to buy that when you could buy this? Like an off-brand oatmeal or something like that. <laughs> um, or like an off-brand cereal. That I, do you, do you, do, are you safe if you buy certain brands? That's what I'm wondering. Like, like if, you were, if you're at the store and you, you buy Count Chocula, you're good. But if you buy Booberry, she's just like, fuck <laughs> you. Yep. That's, a, that's what happened. She found Booberry cereal. It's like, who the fuck buys Booberry cereal? Okay, this woman deserves to die. <laughs> Pepsi is better than Coke. How dare you? That sort of thing. Uh, I followed my usual routine of checking out her place during her work hours. I learned immediately for her from her mail that her name is Linda Watson. Linda lived a, in a quiet apartment complex, her e- mailbox easily accessible right outside her door. Instead of quickly shuffling through it, I decided I could take her mail back to my dorm and return it before she was finished with work. She only lived about 15 minutes from me. I did some research and learned how to open and reseal the envelopes without damaging them, which took some technique along with a hairdryer, rubbing alcohol, and Q-tips. Do you think she's also good at cracking locks? Because most uh, like apartment mailboxes you have to like have a key for, you know? That is true. You would need to... So maybe she could pick locks or, she, or it didn't work very well. Well, then again, here's a weird thought her mailbox is easily accessible right outside her front door but how do you get into the mailbox yeah I, I, I was complex? gonna i was gonna say it's like you, we live in la so like every mailbox is a key open but i remember well this is an apartment complex it would still require a key right right i mean you think common sense don't go through other people's mail but like i'm used to i mean the apartment complex the the, the place we live does that too Mm-hmm. Oh, but apparently it says it was easily accessible right outside her door I mean, unless it was it unless maybe oh, maybe it's one of those gated complexes where you once you get past the gate, like you they don't lock the boxes or whatever. People maybe. just come in. I don't know. I don't know. Like we got to realize this may not be in Los Angeles. Chances are, it's definitely not in Los Angeles. No, it's definitely not in Los Angeles. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, this made it easy for me to learn a little more about her. Linda is, is is crossed out, was a 33-year-old woman who worked for a small accounting firm. I'd rather not name the place outright. Her birthday was December 11th, which, it, which co- uh, happy birthday, Linda, it's a little too late, uh, coincidentally was approaching in a couple weeks. I also managed to find a bank statement that gave me a nice look at how she's been spending her past month. It was at this point I realized that my assessment of Linda Watson was an extremely plain woman was pretty spot on because there was absolutely nothing interesting on that list. A trip to Old Navy, a bunch of Starbucks, something about $40 from Amazon, no restaurants, no movies, nothing that would really jump or really imply that she was spending any time socializing. That aside, I also found a cooking magazine, so I guess she was into cooking. 
Maybe she's pro at cooking. I mean, that would be a crime in its own, own right. Like, never, if you, peoples, don't, like, offend a chef. Don't harm a chef in any way. They are the bright light in our worlds. They bring us amazing food. And then not only that, if you piss off a chef and you're at their restaurant, they will do horrible things to your food. They'll spit in your food. Yes, they will. It's like, That's why you never piss off the waiters also. Mm-hmm. But point is, if a person can cook, they are worth keeping because that is an amazing skill. Anytime I hear someone say, oh, I love to cook, I'm like, really? Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you with me? I can't cook. No, you can't, but... <laughs> I can make a mean spinach lasagna, though. That's really good. No, um... It's it, to be honest. It's also I've uh, it's always nicer when you befriend people who cook rather date someone who cooks because yes, you would be able to cook for me every day, but then a lot of that money gets spent on food, and we when we live to it's like now we live together and all that, and it's like, damn it, we don't have an, I want to buy other shit than just food. <laughs> Where if you befriend someone who does have food, they invite you over to their house, and you're like, yes, I get to have the best meal of my life. And then also sometimes, uh, here's another thing too, you're not mad or upset if I decide to have bagel bites for dinner or just eat ice cream. A person who cooks will be like, how dare you? I made, I, I made lobster thermidor. How could you want to have bagel bites? No, it's all good. Funny that that whole, that all that was inspired just by that comment about the- She likes to cook. Cooking magazine. Um... And that was that was uh, my paragraph. So you get the next one. Last Saturday, I visit. No, this one. There you no, go. you did no because you said. Oh, no. it is. You're right. You're right. It went down farther. That's why. Uh, apartments are harder to break into than suburban homes because there are fewer doors than and windows. Every time I got Linda's mail, I would check the front door and the windows in the back, but they were always locked. This was a bit frustrating because it was really interesting to getting into her house. So I came up with a sort of plan that I thought would be fun, even if it didn't work. Last Saturday, I visited Linda Watson's apartment complex as I would on weekdays. The difference was is that this time I wanted her to be home. I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation with her. If I got lucky, I could take advantage of the situation to discreetly unlock a window from the inside. So I walked up to her door wearing nothing warmer than a light sweatshirt and knocked. The adrenaline rush was crazy. I was afraid I might screw something up. You, that is a risky move. You know, it, the, seriously. And the best part about this whole story, there has not been one fuck up in the writing or grammar, and this is good. Like, I know we haven't said anything. Like, we've been stroking with that, but this is actually pretty good so far. You mean the story? The story or the writing? Well, writing for sure. The story is still building, but right, right, right. I'm. Yeah, the writing is strong. And I'm still kind of on the fence about the story itself, whether how how interesting it actually is to yeah, me. But same. I'm engaged enough that I want to see where this goes. I kind of want to see how she does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was... That was me. So the door opened. All right. The door opened and in front of me stood Linda Watson, exactly as I remembered her from the grocery store. It was at that moment, making eye contact for the first time, that I realized I was running the risk of beginning to care about this person. As selfish as it is, I couldn't kill a person I cared about, even if it's a 33-year-old woman standing in a doorway with a slightly perplexed look on her face, giving me a reserved, hello. 
Arms crossed from the cold, I shyly returned Linda's greeting. I explained that I was walking my dog near the woodsy area back behind the back of her apartment and that he had gotten away. I was looking, for, I had been looking for my dog for about an hour and was wondering if Linda may have seen him roaming about. Of course, Linda sympathetically apologized for the situation and that she couldn't be of use to me, but that she would keep an eye out. I wore a defeated expression in response and apologizing, apologizing, because I can't read. Mr. Illiterate has come. Well, someone has to take up that mantle. Yeah, I know. You took it up earlier, and I didn't say anything, so I... We'll pass it back and forth. Yep. <laughs> next time it, next time I, I flub a line, and I'll be Mr. Illiterate. Apologies. This is, this, is our, this is our role play. This is the role play. <laughs> this is the role play that we do, everybody. Pro tip. Pro tip. Role you can play role play Mr. Illiterate. Wink. Oh, my God. I... You know what? Next time in bed, hun. Next time in bed. <laughs> Apologizing in return for troubling her. It somehow went exactly as I had hoped. Linda invited me inside to warm up a bit with some coffee. I outwardly hesitated before accepting her offer. Although on the inside, I wanted to jump through the door and hug her for cooperating so well. <laughs> and that's how Linda Watson ended up with a 19-year-old girl next to her on the couch. Who knows if it was just a nice gesture if she really has no better way to spend her Saturday than talking to some kid she just met who happens to be interested in killing her. I like how casual. Well, again, again the tone, the tone is, the tone works. Again, it's not like it's just like, oh, I could, I, mm, ah. No, it's just like, no, it'll just be interesting to kill this person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> kill this person. Linda soon learned that my name is Maria. It's not. And that I attend the nearby community college. I don't. I was a little bit nervous. Wait, wait, I thought she did. No, she she went to university. Uh, or she is, or she's in college. She's, she's in a university as opposed to community college. Or she's right? in a college. I assume it's a university because she said when she started college. Yeah. Well, she says she's a first-year college student right now. Yeah, that, so. you don't usually say that if you're in community college. That that makes sense. In university, you would. Okay. Um, I was a bit... A little bit nervous that she would ask me too many questions because I didn't have many answers prepared. I was able to steer the conversation toward her, and she was pretty happy to talk. I asked what she does, and she told me that she works for the accounting firm I already knew about, communicating with outside clients and keeping records. I told her I was pretty nervous about growing up. She told me to enjoy college and to make lots of friends because there's less opportunity once you start working. I find it kind of funny, like, as someone who, uh... Whenever I start, like, dating someone, I'm like, okay, I gotta look up them up on Facebook <laughs> to get an idea. Oh, I remember, man. There's times when I'm, like, talking with them. I remember when I was talking with you and I said, I'm not gonna lie, I already kind of knew you worked at this place and your age and your birthday because of your Facebook you, you guys know she must have some serious dirt on me because normally this kind of behavior would make you run for the hills. But here I am. I liked it and I put a ring on it, so. I know. When I asked if she was married or anything, she laughed. Ha! Of course I knew she wasn't married. But the ha was mine. Of course I knew she wasn't married. But I wanted to hear more about her love life. She said that she doesn't currently have a boyfriend. I guess she's at least had boyfriends, but who knows how long ago. When I asked her about kids, she said she doesn't want them until she gets a better job. On top of that, she told me that her family has a history of some genetic diseases such as arthritis and depression, which she is afraid to give to her kids. That's considerate, Linda. Yes. It's funny that she mentioned that, because when I asked her to use her bathroom, I noticed a tube of prescription pills on the sink. It was labeled 
I'm going to butcher it. Duloxetine. Duloxetine. It could be Duloxetine. I don't know. I suck at pronouncing drug names. That's okay. I can barely remember, like, the pills I take. It was labeled gumdrops. There we go. Which (laughs) I looked up later and discovered that it is, in fact, an antidepressant. I had a joking thought that maybe that maybe by killing her I'd be doing her a favor, but quickly, oh, quickly decided I was a terrible person for coming up with that. Yes, you are. You're a terrible person in general, but that also makes it that also the little irony there is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. The rest of the visit was pretty dull. We talked about food and some other mundane stuff before I eventually made an excuse to leave. I didn't get the chance to unlock a window or anything like that, but I didn't really feel the need to go through her apartment anymore. As early as the drive back to my dorm, I was already thinking about how I would best like to kill Linda Watson. Holy shit. <laughs> I want to kill Linda Watson with the 1812 overture. Oh That's my how God. I'm going <laughs> to. just going to. She'll be sleeping one night and I'll put a huge amp right next to her ear, turn it up full blast. And just to that that last part of it. Her ears start exploding. During the canon segment, an actual cannon pops out of the speaker. Oh, God. Or it's like, I'm going to kill her like I was a gnome in a helicopter as I play um, Bride of the Valkyries. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, you haven't seen Apocalypse now. My bad. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And uh, it's not exactly a movie that, like, oh yeah, every person needs to see this movie. It's it's a long movie to get through. But uh, it's good. That's uh, fair. I'm yawning, and I'm saying it's your turn. The choice was a, but uh, uh, so maybe Mr. Illiterate is with me right now. Mr. Illiterate is in your heart. He is watching over me. He is now my guardian angel. Guardian Angel. Ooh. The choice was between effectiveness and fun. I decided to go with fun because it was much, it would be maybe more satisfying to kind of dissect her as I killed her rather than just getting it done and calling it a day. Why does everybody always have to be like taking the most grisly route there? I mean, killing, you could just, you know how you could kill someone? There are many ways you could kill someone by just, you could, you could throttle them. They're dead. You could drown them. They're dead. You could shoot them. They're dead. But you have to like th- this is gonna this is gonna go into a torturous route, isn't it? Fast forward one week to December thirteenth today, actually. Linda Watson turned thirty four two days ago. I made a little fun wager with myself where if Linda was spending her birthday weekend alone, I would pay her a visit and kill her. If she was out or had company, I would stop by next week or something instead. <laughs> God damn it! So this morning I drove over to Lowe's and bought an axe. Again, I expect you're laughing. We are. But that's <coughs> also kind of the point. An axe, is so, an axe is so kind of cliche and a movies thing that I actually thought it would be most fun. How much do you want to bet our protag is a fan of American Psycho? Oh, that's such a great scene. Swinging it at someone and everything. It's a really entertaining image. They actually had a bunch of different axes. So I picked one that had a good weight, but was still light enough for me to swing quickly. I just picture her standing at Lowe's going like, oh, now that's a $20 game watch as you go to Lowe's it's like you get rope an axe um, a weed whacker yeah and they're just like okay (laughs) what do you what is this for pinata with an axe it's a very sturdy pinata 
The drive after getting the axe was when the adrenaphin adrenaphin Adrenaphin? In the <laughs> Maybe she takes it of Mr. Literate. Maybe she takes adrenaphin along with her antidepressant. Oh god. <laughs> When the adrenaline really picked up, yeah, I'm revving up, I'm ready, go, vroom, there's vroom, that, baby. There's, a, there's that serial killer heart on. All that kept me going <laughs> her to lady boner with her serial killer heart on. <laughs> lady killer boner. Psycho killer. Kesskesee. Sorry, go ahead. All that kept going through my mind on the way over was, wow, I'm really doing this. Not in a bad way, just like a surprise. This is a real life sort of thing. I also got this strange rush of recollections of the time I spent with Linda. It was like my life was flashing before my eyes, except it was just rather mundane hour I spent with Linda, like snippets of her conversation, the sound of her laugh, her facial expressions and stuff. Now I'm just imagining it's like, I'm going to miss Linda. Flashback of the <laughs> one hour she spent with her. That's literally just like, um, like that's the whole montage. <laughs> Let's take a look at some of the great moments we had in the past here. Ha 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 ha. No, seriously, that's it. <laughs> I also wondered to myself what the crazy serial killers would be feeling at a time like this. Schizophrenic delusions? Sexual buildup? I have no idea. What I felt was kind of like ridiculously alert and numb in the senses at the same time. However, that's possible. So she's trying to deny that she had a lady boner. Lady killer boner. A lady killer boner. Before getting out of the car, I had the sense to stuff the axe into my backpack to look a little less ridiculous walking across the parking lot. The handle was sticking out, but that didn't really matter. At that point, my heart was pounding so hard I could feel my throat throbbing. I tried controlling my breathing, but it's really hard not to breathe fast when your heart is pounding like that. I reached Linda Watson's door and quietly put my ear to it after setting down the back my backpack. I heard a voice that wasn't hers. Company? No, it was just the TV. Mixed with her occasional tapping footsteps behind the door. I actually kept my ear there for a really freaking long time because I wanted to make absolutely sure nobody was over. Probably 10 minutes of that and a lot of reassuring myself convinced me. I moved the lamp so carefully, so, so carefully, but each time the eye was closed and I could not do the deed. And in the morning, was I not kind to the old man? <laughs> Oh my! Yeah. If she buries, if she buries Linda Watson under the floorboards, it's going to be even better. Oh my God! Yes. And then you really know it's influenced. And it's Poe. Um. Poe Dameron. I, I. No. Okay. Uh, I, I was actually going to say. Um. Uh, I'm surprised. Like the person who didn't find this was like didn't say. I tried to look up Linda Watson's name, and didn't see anything about. Like maybe said I googled it but didn't find anything. That be that would have been an interesting thing to add. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, I mean it's fine. But yeah, I thought you know that'd be interesting. Uh, I uh, I quietly opened my backpack zipper and held the axe in my hands, my fiercely shaking hands. What the hell was this kind of reaction that my body was making? I told my body to shut up. That's no big deal. But of course it wouldn't listen. It was actually bizarre how much my hands were shaking. It must be the adrenaline buildup. I rolled my eyes at myself and got my hand to rest on the doorknob. If it's locked, I'll knock. It's It'll be basically the same. I took a deep breath and forced my muscles into action. You know, axe murders are pretty messy. Um, if you want to kill someone and get away with it, this is not a very good way. No, it's By the not. way, we're no pros about how to kill people and get away with it here on Midnight Marinara. I mean, wait, 
We're no pros. <laughs> we're not pros about. Let me rephrase that. I mean, trust us. On undercooked analysis, we're not pros on how to kill people because most of the stories you read about how to kill people are really bad. Uh, I'm just saying, probably not the best way to do it with an axe. Just saying, really hard to cover your tracks that way, literally. Uh, where were we? I, I swiftly turned the doorknob, not locked. In one movement, I opened up the door and slipped inside. Linda Watson is a few steps away into the kitchen. I see the kitchen. I see she was in the middle of cooking. She immediately jumped and turned around, startled. I expected that. Quickly, I let go of the doorknob and readjusted the axe in both into both hands. In the following split second, I realized that she would probably start to make a lot of noise. Looking back, I'm an idiot for not considering that. Just as Linda's mouth opened to speak, maybe even started speaking, I forcefully swung my axe into the side of her head. But my axe was facing backwards. Dumbass. I hit her with the blunt end of the blade. I actually did this on purpose. Okay, so she's not a dumbass. Because in that split second, I somehow decided it would be the way to keep her noise to a minimum. Okay, so she's not a dumbass. It actually worked. You know, I love the fact that a lot of these times where, like, there's moments where, like, oh, come on. And then she explains herself, and you're like, okay. Oh, bam. <laughs> uh, I felt it barely, I felt barely any resistance in the swing as I collided with her head, knocking it clean aside. Linda's half-formed syllable came out as a kind of weird grunt. A noisy exhalation is probably the best I could describe it. That happened at the same time as her head smacked into the cabinet from the force, and she fell backwards without any ability to keep her flying. I didn't hesitate at all to keep swinging at her while she was half lying down on the ground, this time my axe facing the right way. I didn't know where to swing, so I just kind of started hacking at her collarbone and chest. It didn't feel like the axe was going too deep, but there was a nice thunk sort of sound every time the axe embedded into her. It, felt, it even felt the soft sinking sensation rippling into my hands, like the axe was kind of a physical extension of my sense of touch. That was a pretty satisfying paragraph. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I don't, yeah, this, he knows how to write. Oh, yeah. Once on, on a whim, I swung once at her throat, but most of the swing actually missed, and I hit the floor by accident, causing a loud, dull whack to resonate through the apartment. I didn't have time to think about it. I swung again and again with better aim and got a more concentered hit, feeling the bone or cartilage or whatever it is in there. So I must have split it open. Right after that, I decided to swing at her face, and I got this diagonal cut along her nose and mouth, which felt pretty good, so I did it once more. Yeah, this is this is where I think the writing is actually strong because it feels like it's just it's still matter of fact mm-hmm. and not going into huge excruciating detail, but it's still pretty grisly. Yeah, you know, this actually explains a lot with Doki Doki as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. I finally briefly stopped to survey the damage. Linda was bleeding ridiculously. The blood was kind of coming out in waves in sync with her beating heart, probably. It was pooling all around her and riding along the cracks between the tiles. Her light blue shirt was torn up and stained, dark, kind of a mix with a fleshy mess around her chest. It was just all glistening red. Her face wasn't much better, covered in dripping red at this point, and her lip was kind of hanging off, revealing a red-stained teeth in a really weird way, like a zombie or something. Jesus Christ, she's so disconnected from reality. It's yeah, great. You know, you know, you, you know how some people, like, they write, and the, you can tell they write gore for gore's sake? Uh-huh. This doesn't feel like that. This actually feels it's like a character development yeah. thing, rather than a... 
I'm going to really turn up the gore just to freak you out. Yeah. Linda wasn't dead, though. Her limbs were kind of weakly, aimlessly trying to move while she was stuck on her back. More than anything, she reminded me of a bug that you crush, but it still painfully moves its legs around before it dies completely. Pitifully. Pitifully. Mr. Illiterate, you've now shown the light onto David. Pass that. Pass it. It's mine now. It's mine. It's my precious. That's basically what she was doing. But I didn't know how long it would take for her to die or what kind of condition she was in. I ended up grabbing a big knife that was on the counter that she was using to cut up meat. Trying to step around the blood, I reached down and carved into the upper half of her neck, trying to sort of saw it from the left side to the right. It was a little awkward because the area was so soft and squished around the knife as I was cutting, but the sensation was completely different from the axe. It actually felt like I was cutting a tough piece of raw meat, which I guess I technically, I was. The blood started pouring out and I hoped that I severed the most major arteries in there. It must have worked because after a moment, Linda's limb movements kind of just had the strength drained for them, soon resting still on the floor. I took a few seconds to catch my breath. No time to stick around and think about the experience. I shook the knife blade, threw a dirty p- <laughs> threw a dirty pan in the sink to clean off the blood. Wait, I should. She, she shook the knife like went, la, 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 la. Oh, get off, oh, get off oh, of there. Oh, okay. Uh, and then threw the knife into my backpack. I did the same with the axe. I took her laptop. I also took her laptop that was sitting on the counter. It had some recipe open for veal and mushrooms. <laughs> It's okay. Our dog's not dying. She's not dying. She probably got. She probably vomited at. The, she almost vomited at the idea of veal and mushrooms. Veal is murder. I didn't. <laughs> God, I didn't really take the laptop to use it since I have a perfectly good one myself that I got for college. I just wanted to look through it for fun. Oh my god! <laughs> I finally went outside and closed the door behind me. I got some blood on my sweater and jeans, but funnily enough, I actually anticipated that, so I wore dark colors. The drive back to my dorm was just a constant replaying of the experience in my head. I guess it's still kind of happening even now, actually. But it felt pretty nice. Linda Watson is dead. I kind of let the weight of that sink in. The sensation of having completely removed a human life from existence. It's crazy. I don't know how else to describe it. Anyway, I threw the axe and knife into a dumpster on campus, which I think it is picked up every Monday, so they'll be gone by then. My roommate goes home on the weekends, so I have the dorm to myself today. It gave me the chance to go through Linda's web- website history. I was right in thinking that's where her deepest secrets would lie. There was actually a lot of dirty stuff, like the names of websites for porn videos and stories and things like that. Wait, I thought she took her laptop, right? Yeah, she took Linda's laptop. Okay. Same with her searches. A lot of websites were boring, like cooking websites and recipes and Gabe's websites like Bejeweled and stuff. I eventually got to the one week ago section of her history and it gave me a chill. There were a whole bunch of searches like methods of suicide, how to tie a noose, dangerous household chemicals, carbon monoxide poisoning, like a lot of them. So she she was probably ready to write a book on suicide after all the research she did. So I guess Linda was contemplating suicide. I wonder if it was influenced by her depression. The iron... Oh, God, this is so... This, okay. Play Doki Doki Literature Club. Please, yeah, because as I read this, like, God, this makes sense. <laughs> like, knowing how how Dan Salvatore writes, like, this type of story, it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The irony is actually striking. Maybe Linda was good. You mean Salvato? Just not at me. Salvato. Did I say Salvatore? Yeah, I, I know you meant Salvato. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Sorry, the I 
Because I'm thinking of the... there not there a writer named Dan Salvatore, I think? Um, I th- think so. Like, I think there's a, like... Oh, you might be thinking of R.A. Salvatore. R.A. Salvatore. That's it. <laughs> Drizzt, you're a credit to your race. Got freaking dark elves. Fra- I'm not a fan of Forgotten Realms. I'm going to say that right now. It's too generic fantasy for me. Uh, I've never read it, but I've seen so many, so many copies of that book. Just can't get it. I just, more power to you if you like it. I just can't get into I've just never been into the realms, the, the realm setting. Anyway, uh... I've also never read R.A. Salvatore, okay. but... Uh, the irony is actually striking. Maybe Linda was going to die anyway. Or maybe she couldn't find the courage to do it. If that were the case, I almost literally gave her a birthday present by killing her. That's actually really comical in a messed up way. And it leaves a weird taste in my mouth. That The part I don't get is that I don't see any of the searches up until the one week ago section. Nothing more recent than that. Wait, so that was, and that's interesting. When was it a week later that she decided that she was going to kill? Uh, when, yeah, when did she go back up? Okay. Uh, 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 one week to December 13th. Yeah. Fast forward one week. So she, like, decided she wanted to kill herself after she had that conversation with... She was thinking of killing herself before she met with... Oh. Oh, wait, wait, it was... Oh, wait, hold on a second. So... What, what, the, uh, just to clarify. She was looking up stuff about killing herself. There was a, um, eventually I got to the one week ago section of her... No, this is after they talked. No, 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 one week ago. Up and I didn't see any of those searches up until the one week ago section. Nothing more. Oh. So it was like her conversation with with our protag might have actually made her stop doing those searches. Yeah. But either way. That's kind of, you know, that's actually kind of weirdly profound because it, it like, I, I mean, with Doki Doki Literature Club, that even makes more sense that you I can see Dan uh, Salvato doing this. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting that he, he like, actually decided to do one week later. Like, one week ago, she was contemplating suicide. Then she met this girl and then has a conversation. And maybe this girl actually gave her hope. But then the irony of it is... Yeah. And the irony is the person who's going to murder her. Yeah. Like... That, hmm. That's actually kind of... And it doesn't hit... And it's not hitting her... That. No, no. That's oh, that's cool. Um, because he wouldn't have write, wrote. I the part I don't get is I don't see any of those searches up until the one week ago section. He wouldn't have wrote and written that if that was that wasn't apparent. Because she's going backwards. She's not going to the very beginning of her history, right? No, no. Because you, you usually it always starts with recent, and then you go back. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. that's how it normally goes. You like you see how it was recent. Right, 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 right. I'm just making sure that she didn't start at the very beginning. And because I'm one of those people, <laughs> this sounds terrible. If I was like had access to someone's laptop, I'd be like, I wonder what they did at the very beginning, and would work my way forward through backward through history, starting at the early, the latest, no. and making my way to the earliest. That's me. No, no, that's what they're she's doing. She's starting latest, like the most recent. Yeah. No, and I'm saying I would start instead of starting with most recent. I would start at the very. But she doesn't know when that would be, though. 
You think about it this no, way. No, no, do you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 I do no, understand what you're saying, hun. but it's like, think about it this way. What if she got this laptop five years ago? What does she care about what she like? That's true. That's like, true. Like five years ago. I get what you're saying because you're also the same guy who said, oh, there's a new, uh, we got interested in Suma Bim Bam, and the first thing you did is like, I'm starting from the beginning. You don't need to start from the beginning. No, not with that. But he said, nope, I want to start from the beginning. So who's, I forgot whose paragraph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The irony is actually striking. Yeah. So oh, I, think you read, I think you read the that's last you. one. All right. I ended up throwing the laptop into the dumpster with the other stuff. It's been a few hours since then, so I've had some time to calmly think about everything. Like I said, it was pretty satisfying, and I'm glad I finally got around to it. I feel like I can finally cross it off my bucket list, or like I'm tying loose ends with myself. This is probably the first and last time I'll write the name Linda Watson. It's back to living a normal college life, except I might do some people. Except I might do some people watching every now and <laughs> the dash through me off. It's like, except I might do some people <laughs> watching every now and then because it's definitely fun and interesting. So she, she, might, she might do some people every now and then because it, it's definitely fun. And well, I'll tell you, if you're that interested in suit, if you're that interested in killing people and you don't have anything else to do, you need to get laid. Uh, that is not a good advice to give someone. Your turn. But I'll always wonder how many people there are like me. I'm sure there has been a, has to be a lot because there's just nothing strange about it to me, being curious about killing someone. Sadly, it's something that people can't exactly just talk about, so I guess I'll never know. I'm sure that anyone would just lie about it even if you asked them, but you can't help but wonder if that person in the grocery store who stares at you as he pass by might be considering what it would be like to kill you. If I could, I would tell them all about it so they could decide for themselves. But who knows? Maybe I got lucky. And that person is you. I actually really, really hope so. Heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She is so messed up. So messed up. <laughs> well, that was, uh, I actually, the story is not bad. It does story is not bad. It's not exactly like a, like a. Wait, it's, it's, it does, it does exactly what it said on the tin. Yeah. I do kind of like the bit about the the one week ago thing, the implication that about was that. Good. That was pretty good. I like that. And there, I mean, there probably is a couple other hidden stuff too. Like uh, we mentioned, she said, "I didn't want to believe I was feeling for her," but then she's like looking back on our conversations with her, and you're wondering maybe that might hint at like maybe she was starting to have uh, friendliness for her. Or- and she's like, why she was shaking, and she's like, "Oh, stop it." Mm-hmm. You're just gonna kill someone. It's not that big a deal. Like, oh god, stop flaming my story, you preps. Oh god. Um. Uh. Oh, someone actually came up with the same concept. I don't know if I'm reading too deeply into this, but did Linda have a change of heart after talking with quotations Maria a week ago? She seemed to have been contemplating suicide, but she talked with Maria. After she talked with Maria, she no longer searched for ways to commit suicide. That's actually the part that hit me the most. The irony isn't that Maria simply killed a suicidal person, but that Maria killed a suicidal person who had changed their mind because of her. That's heart- heartbreaking, really. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually very, like, that's good writing. That is, like, he is very smart. It's very, it's very interesting. Here's what I, it, like you it. know what I think about it? I, I don't think the story... Now, I'm not going to say the story is good or not bad, but there's no conflict to it. It's just a description. Well, it's a first-person perspective, so you're not going to get a ton of conflict anyway. It seems like a lot of this went off without a hitch. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, it doesn't have to be. Um, I 
I think it's I think it's interesting. It's a, it's sort of a, a character a character piece more than yeah. a proper narrative, but it does have that nice little narrative thread of her I mean, not understanding that uh, the role she might have played in the end. Yeah. The whole suicide thing. And, and her being so focused. Like she's she's definitely a flawed uh a flaw I mean in terms of like unreliable narrator. Yeah. And which is good. Oh yeah. I and the writing is top notch. Like you said that was a ser- satisfying paragraph. Like this is very well The written. way the way just described, you know, she described uh murdering Linda is very but, is very well written. But honestly, as a nineteen, this person, they come across too much as a writer. Like this doesn't sound like a like. Yes, it sounds like a college student. Yes, it does sound like who's she's nineteen and all that. Like it actually talks like that. But this like it sounds like the perspective sounds like. But you don't think the the wording of the writing sounds like a nineteen year old non English major college student. No, I, this person actually knows how to write. Right. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. And say that I I think it is more conceivable. We're allowed to have different opinions about That's that. That's true. I think I think uh, a nineteen year old girl, college girl, could conceivably write this way. As I'd be this talented a writer without being an English major. Well, she doesn't have to be an English. Unless major, she went, but... she could have been. She could have gotten an AA in English in community college. <laughs> <laughs> she could take a classes on it, and then decided now I'm going to become a you know. Well, like, even so, occupational therapist. It could have been hinted like, oh, she enjoys writing stories or something, something of that nature, because a l- the things that she does are very writer oriented, like. Writers will people watch in order to get a perspective. Writers also are known as like, you know, maybe I should try this because it helps me get into the mindset of someone more. And then also the way she writes. This sounds like a writer to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Not, or like, or a storyteller to me. Right. But yeah, a lot of people are thinking, a lot of people agree like, whoa, that this, the... The narrator of this. Well, someone someone still thinks the way I was originally thinking. I think you're reading it backwards. Until the conversation with Maria, Linda wasn't suicidal. Something about that conversation unnerved her so much that she decided to kill herself. So again, I think it could... There is some confusion. But... But it's the fact that... I think that the irony is better the other way around. Well, it says nothing more recent than that. Yeah, yeah. You just made it more heartbroken. Oh, my God. I Said know. the thing there, which is great. All right. So how do we want to... Let's give this a freshness rating. I give this a veal and mushroom... <laughs> out of... Uh, uh, out of a... Out of a axe bought at Lowe's. I was going to say a kidney and fava beans. Well, that's... It's your rating, though. No, no, no. That's your rating. Oh. I, I, I said a veal and mushroom stew out of an axe bought at Lowe's. Um, well, I would say it would be out of a kidney and fava beans, but I could also, but I also would say it's, um, it's a no sleep title. No, no, you know what? I'm going to say that's, that's my biggest criticism of the story is this no, no sleep, sleep title. title. It's a, a, a very well planned story out of a crappy no sleep title. There you go. Oh, you know what? I actually, um, no, that's okay. I, I was about to give it a different, a slightly different rating because I like to change it every, just in the middle of it. But I think we might want to talk about plugs instead. Do you have anything we want to plug? Uh, new Animusings coming out. Um, we're, uh, Sade, Dave, and I actually will have, will be, uh, reviewing 
Three Caballeros. I don't know if it's going to be out by the time this comes out or if Three um, Caballeros will come after that, but... Three Caballeros should be coming out uh, closer to Christmas. Okay, so... So we'll talk about it then. You'll hear us talk about it then. If you're not listening to Animusings, our Disney podcast, well, I would say only listen to it if you're interested in animate the history of animation and hearing uh, me and Kayla and our guests uh, just nerd out about animation and Disney movies. Uh, we're in the midst of the package film era, so we're gonna we're not doing huge story ones at the moment, which is uh, I look forward to when we get back to the story era. Although um, Three Caballeros is the most fun I've had with those in a little yeah, while. Yeah, th- that was a pretty good one. And that also, was like that's a good, it's gonna be a good episode. And along with the one of the coolest things I I did not expect either is we're also addressing history too. So it's not just like the animation itself, but how the animation relates to the history that's going on. For example, uh, what, like, uh, we're now in, the series we're in is now World War II, and actually Three Caballeros and along with Saludos Amigos is a direct effect of that. Right, exactly. So, it's, it's, it's pretty, I, I mean, I, I find it fascinating if, for people, if you love animation, um, especially Disney animation, I would recommend listening to it, but it's, uh, but if if not, we if you're more like, no, I'm here for the spooky stuff, uh, we also do a series called Darkly Lit. We just posted our um, last episode uh, where we read uh, The Devil All Time by Donald Ray Pollock on December 13th. Talk about stories with ser- humanizing serial killers. Jeez. Um, uh, we, we nerd out about that one. Um, but we're right now for Darkly Lit, we're taking a hiatus, but we'll be back, uh, on February 13th, um, by, and then also we'll soon, uh, by the first week of January, we're gonna put out a Twitter poll for you guys to decide which story we're gonna read next, so keep an eye out for that. It's down to three graphic novels. We're actually gonna do our first graphic novel coverage, and, uh, you can decide which, uh, which one we do, so keep an eye out for Darkly Lit. And that poll. Uh, in the meantime, though, I think that's about it. Oh, and and by and keep your keep your ears peeled because at the end of the month there will be a new Midnight Marinera. Oh yeah, this one, uh, this Midnight Marinera, I'm excited for because um, this was written by uh, a good friend of ours and uh, fellow listener and guest on this very show. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Patrick Murphy. A.K.A. Prasicor, A.K.A. Gamut Feathers. Yes. <laughs> and I actually uh, was able to help uh, adapt it a little bit, so. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I helped. You helped, so I, I, th- I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a good one, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much about it, though. You'll just have to hear it when it comes out. Um, but like I said, uh, I think, uh, Kayla... I'm glad we got to do this again. Yeah, it's been a while since. I think I'm going to just go ahead and um, and fire those other two <laughs> and just have it be you and us forever. Aw, but I already live with you constantly, and I bother you. Oh, yeah, you just reminded me of that. Okay, so um, stay tuned next time when I introduce my new uh, co-host, Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. Just Monica. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. And amusings are your musings. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Kayla. And if it wasn't readily apparent from that, we're huge nerds about Disney. 
That's why we're doing the Animusings Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a film in detail from the Walt Disney Animation Studios filmography, covering them in chronological order, from Snow White to Moana and beyond. To Moana and beyond! Sweetie, we're not doing Pixar yet. We'll do that after. (laughs) That's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Kayla and I, and maybe a guest or two, as we explore the Disney animated canon, film by film. With the hope that it'll be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Ooh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Walt. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.